Welcome to Checkmates Go, Season 2, Episode 21. This is the last of our three-part series with Dr. Dorit Doran team uh, who asked me anything that happened at the beginning of July. The questions asked here will be fairly relevant as we are very soon going to release the public early availability of the R81 release. And some of the content that's actually covered in the R81 release is actually discussed in these questions. So uh, we start with Moti Sagi, of course, asking the questions. We also hear from Gerard Dorfman, Lior Artsy, Amnon Permuter, and E.L. Feingold. So Modi, take it away. Question to Gera by Isan and Kasparas Zibard. Um, so it's two questions uh, uh, around um, tagging uh, and smart objects. Checkpoint security rules are still using the notion of objects for source and destination. Are, are you planning to move from this paradigm to dynamic tags? And the second one, uh, are you planning to improve the, uh, the dynamic and updatable objects? We would like to see API capabilities and more visibility on the management side. Yes. So first of all, already in R8020, we introduced updatable objects, which can be used in a rule base instead of using IPs or network objects. We can query third-party vendors, for example, Office 365, Zoom, G Suite, and more. So we can dynamically learn about IPs and just put an updatable object inside of the policy. Uh, we now also use the same technology on SSL inspection rule base. So for example, we can we dynamically update uh, applications which have uh, PIN certificates. So, so, so we can actually not inspect such applications. And in R81, we actually bring all these capabilities also to NAT rule base. So NAT rule base can use these advanced objects as well. In addition, uh, in R81, uh, we introduced smart objects, a new way to define the rule base uh, without the need to define specific network objects. For example, define a feed, which we will parse and bring the network objects from there dynamically. Or we can also use third-party APIs to get network objects, for example, for self-service portals implementation. Um, and guess what? You have another question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've seen many interesting changes in R80 product, family related to performance improvements. Can you share your plans for further improvements of network security performance? Yeah, so I think Benny mentioned some, and I also saw a few questions uh, live right now. So there are mul multiple activities running around performance improvements, and I will just list a few of them. In R8040, we introduced dynamic workloads. Uh, I think there was a session on uh, checkmates about it just a few days ago where we aimed for automatic allocation of system resources uh, so we can self-optimize and match traffic. Uh, uh, we also recently introduced spike detector, uh, which can assist uh, in analyzing CPU spikes and understand the root cause of the spike. We are working around more performance improvements for SSL inspection and effective handling of uh, single flows. And we introduced some uh, uh, innovations around Maestro, First of all, high-frequency trading markets providing ultra-low latency. And we also now work uh, on uh, fast-forwarding some trusted flows through the orchestrator, providing both low latency and a line rate flow, whether for single or multiple flows. And the coolest thing that I think on the Maestro side right now is a dynamic allocation feature where we can dynamically change the number of compute nodes between security groups upon load. Awesome. Sounds promising. Uh, question to Amnon uh, from Will uh, and Pablo from Spain. 
Can you provide updates on cloud.connect? We think this is a, a better product than Zscaler, but wonder how it's doing in the market currently. And the one from Pablo, what do you think of the SASE concept and the role Checkpoint will play in it? Okay, so I'll answer both uh, questions. First, uh, about SASE. SASE is like about consolidation of connectivity and security through cloud service. The idea is that the user gets both access or connectivity and the latest uh, most updated security and it should save him a lot of time on uh, managing and upgrading and maintenance of the platform allowing the, the user to the customer to focus on policy decisions or incident handling etc this is especially very very critical in today days where there's a lot of need to, for connectivity from home and also it's aligned with the, the company's cloud transformation concept. So we address all this and answer all this with Cloud.Connect that already Tai mentioned before. Today Cloud.Connect is securing the users at the offices, at the branches by creating a tunnel to our service and securing threat prevention, all the traffic that goes to the internet. We already have that out. And uh, we are now in uh, just uh, started an EA, Early Availability Program, for expanding this uh, concept for roaming users and specifically, of course, users that are at home or working from home to allow the same uh, concept of uh, connectivity and security. Uh, first to the internet, and we're going also to expand all of this also to security and connectivity to back to the organization data center, like uh, either the data center on-premise or on the IaaS uh, networks. Feedbacks we have so far are very positive with uh, the very positive about uh, the threat prevention, about the performance, and about the ease of use, the web UI, and the reactions, and how it works. Great. Thank you. So the question, the next question is coming to us live from New York City. Vladimir, are you here? Yep. Hello, everyone. So, uh, Vladimir, Hi. how are Vladimir you? Vladimir Yakovlev from Pyre Intelligence USA. Uh, question for Darit. Um, Checkmate's community is now in its third year. Uh, can you tell us how did it change the interaction between Checkpoint and its customers? and what benefits you personally are getting out of it. Yeah, so thank you for the question. And actually, thank you everyone for participating in this, uh, uh, I really think, wonderful uh, community. I really highly appreciate uh, the community. I find the discussion open and honest and professional feedback. Mm -hmm. I think it helps us uh, transform product directions or at least uh, uh, identify challenges in product directions or in quality issues and address them. I'm doing my best to give honest answers back to the forum and uh, with kind of a deep analysis of also the why, not just the what. And I think that the dialogue is helping us uh, evolve. Uh, sometimes I'm not answering question, but we are still using it, uh, propagating the same question uh, back at home and asking ourselves what needs to be done. So not all the dialogues you see on the surface. The other thing I think that is emerging out of this community are tools. 
we live in a world that there are many open and shared tools and I see wonderful tools uh, growing up in this community, tools that helps you and can help others in the community. I'm doing my best to support this with uh, open source tools of our own that could help jumpstart things as a lot of APIs uh, that, uh, that opens up that so everything would be available. And I think a wonderful tool called uh, UI extension that is also enabling to link these tools into the product itself. And I'm very, very happy to see that the community uh, picked up on all these. I see introduction of uh, diagnostic tools simplicity tools connected to the uh, UI extension and um, uh, and really an ecosystem that uh, people can leverage. I see people commenting to other people and they evolve their versions. And um, I see a lot of value uh, created through this uh, domain. So um, I'll do my best uh, to keep my side of the bargain, uh, to uh, listen to all the feedback, uh, to give uh, feedback back and uh, to take uh, the necessary steps when I see that something is not going in the right direction uh, to fix it based on your feedback in the community. And if you see something that uh, you need us to do, then don't hesitate to give us feedback. Great. Vladimir, how are the things in New York? Uh, well, we're all hunkering down. We're sitting at home right now and working remotely. I have been for past forever now, it seems. Um, so hopefully at some point the skies will clear and I will be able to travel and maybe to see you guys again. Great. Yeah, we hope so too. Great. We hope to go there as well. So <laughs> by the way, I'm at the here as well. I'm at the record time of uh, like I don't think I've been so long in Israel for in the past thirty years. So uh, and but, uh, you're twenty seven, so how can it be? It's, uh, <laughs> mathematically infeasible. A question to Lior now. Um, how is Checkpoint making use of AI? Leo, you're, you're here? Yes, yes. Okay. I, and thank you. This is actually a great question. And I will, and the obvious thing is uh, uh, additional protections, but I will actually not start there because this is kind of obvious. So let me start with a lot of other domains where we are using uh, uh, machine learning and uh, AI. Uh, security monitoring. Okay. So usually most of us get a, a, a ton of alerts that they are getting all the time, okay? So we use AI models in order to um, automatically triage them and prioritize them in order to um, surface the most critical thing that you need to handle first to the top of the list. This is one example. Uh, quality and monitoring. So we have, tons of, uh, we have tons of indicators that we are collecting, tons of sensors. Um, either that we deploy around the world or coming from different systems of uh, customers and uh, in our own, okay? And we are monitoring them all the time and, and using a, a machine learning models in order to automatically find, find trends in the market of, and trends in the attack, uh, find quality issues. So if we see that uh, um, something is happening, we can proactively go and fix it before it's, uh, uh, before it's even uh, uh, becoming a big problem. This is another example. Uh, research. So we are running, uh, we are running uh, AI models on, uh, on, uh, on attacks that we see in order to, um, uh, to classify them and understand what's happening in them and how can we generalize it. Um, threat intelligence. Okay, so we use, uh, we use AI and uh, machine learning in order to generate 
new indicators and new patterns and we can then feed into threat cloud that can then go and further find new attacks. And, and then obviously protection. So, so there are a lot of, uh, pretty much every product we have run a, a, a machine learning, usually multiple machine learning algorithms within it. Okay. Um, dynamic analysis of, of, uh, of activity in order to find attacks. Um, static analysis of, of uh, files um, in order to um, identify malicious files. Um, analyzing the web traffic and web pages to find uh, uh, phishing sites. Um, analyzing your website in order to find a, 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 a domain similarity, to find the brand protection. Um, network, uh, network traffic analysis and, and many more. And, and on top of all of this, we also use a meta machine learning algorithm. So we use machine learning algorithms that are taking actually results from all of these engines, correlate them together and say, okay, each one of the models didn't necessarily, or each one of the attack of the engines didn't necessarily um, got to a certain level that we think it's an attack, but when we look at all of them together, we understand that something is going on. So I would say that pretty much every product in the company nowadays have uh, uh, both machine learning teams working in it and, uh, and machine learning algorithms running in the product. I think a question to, to Gera uh, by Kasparis. Uh, we use identity awareness a lot. Identity collectors are a step in the right directions. What are your plans to improve identity awareness even further, especially to have smoother user experience through different scenarios? So we're actually doing a lot around identity awareness. We introduced uh, some support and we can uh, now integrate uh, with different identity providers. Such I as hope Oak. without critical vulnerabilities. Go on, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ping ID and Azure ID. Okay, I, I understood the joke. Yeah. <laughs> In our 40 we um, also introduced Identity Broker, which significantly improves uh, scalability of identity awareness. And in our 81 we will provide full support for Azure ID, similar to what we do today with um, regular Active Directory. Uh, we are working on additional performance improvements for Identity Collector, which Kaspers mentioned, and also work on... Uh, next-gen identity solution to provide single repository for checkpoint install base on-prem and in the cloud. And last but not least, we also have identity protection uh, to make sure, for example, that stolen passwords are not used for SaaS access using multi-factor authentication, multi authentication. And uh, we can also verify the device used for such access is clean with integration with Sendless Mobile. Great. Um, and let's uh, give another question on uh, cloud to AL. Um, cloud environment and especially serverless assets are arguably the hottest place on cybersecurity map. We are very familiar with Dome 9 capabilities, but what about actual protect actions for those assets? So, um, so as, as as Gil mentioned earlier, a couple of weeks ago, we, we launched CloudGuard as a solution, which actually takes the domain capabilities and enhances them with more, with more capabilities. And serverless is one of them. So it's already there. Uh, it has two main uh, capabilities. One is scanning your code, your Lambda function code and serverless code, um, and able to, first of all, tell you about uh, issues with third-party libraries, uh, uh, API usage, and, and mostly to actually learn what the, the serverless function wants to do 
and recommend the least privileges permission. So to actually prevent you from opening permissions more than you actually want. And the second item is the runtime protection. So actually during runtime, the function is in profile for behavior and we'll be able, able to prevent usage of things that the function does not usually do. Uh, also input validation. So the, the runtime protection is there, it's launched and you can actually start using it tomorrow, today. Now. Okay. Do you want to add something, Dorit? No, I just said to use it now. Just yeah. connect. Yeah, I said to yeah. And uh, a very short one, but it was repeated. Uh, this is for Amnon. Uh, what is checkpoint policy, which is stopping you guys from having smart console as a web interface, whereby management can be done on a browser? So uh, about uh, web, uh, web smart console, first of all, I would like to mention that we recently interest, uh, released Smart One Cloud, that uh, where customers can enjoy the full and rich uh, management, while it is always up to date and we take care of all the maintenance. And that already has an option inside to have the smart console inside a web browser that can run on any platform. You don't need Windows there, or you don't need, you can also run it on a Mac. And you have the, the, the smart console there completely streamed, streamed inside the browser and available with all its feature set. In addition to that, uh, in R81 that is going to be released soon, we're going to introduce the first step of a web smart console. And the first step is going to be like a read-only uh, web smart console uh, that has a, a complete native uh, implementation. And because we're going to implement it on our new self-updatable uh, uh, components, it's going to, over time, with self-updates, grow in functionality. So this is our plan. Thanks for listening to Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Give us a rating and review. And share with your colleagues on social media. Thanks for listening.